Hello and welcome to the Appertons Family Podcast. My name is Amy Polinich and I'm the creator of Appertons Families where I help mummers to live simply, birth simply and parent simply. In this series, I discuss with my beautiful Appertons mummers their birth stories in attempt to expose the real and raw truth about birth and bring light to a wide variety of birth experiences out there. Welcome to this month's birth story. We are talking with Megan, who is a medical stenographer and a fertility expert, and I am just so excited to unlock this episode. However, before we do, I'm just going to let you know a couple of things coming up with Appertons families real quick. First of all, I did my first pelvic floor and breastfeeding workshop with Caitlin Pender, who is a women's health physio the other day, and oh my goodness, it was epic. The mamas loved it, we loved it, and we can't wait to do another one with you guys. So if you are interested, definitely let us know a bit of an expression of interest, and we may be able to do it sooner rather than later. We also have an Abitance Birth Workshop coming up on September 18th, a postnatal and pregnancy yoga term starting the 28th and the 3rd of September, and then a body balancing uh, workshop in October the 12th. Now to get into the episode. Megan Pelizari is a sonographer, natural fertility expert, hormone health practitioner, and a health coach. In this episode, we break down Megan's brain on her preconception routine and how her and her partner became in absolute prime health before even trying to have a baby. We talk about her health in pregnancy and how that experience was for her in regards to perception on birth, expectation, education, and then we go into her beautiful natural home birth experience where her and her midwives facilitated a physiological third stage to then go on to a natural breastfeeding journey. This episode is packed full of really fine details about Megan's birth story and it was so awesome to catch her so soon after her birth to be able to get all those nitty gritty details that you do over time forget. So I think you guys will get lots of cool tips and insight about what birth is actually like from this podcast. There's heaps of funny stories and instances from her birth, funny thoughts that she had throughout the experience, things that her partner did that was just a crack up. So I really hope you enjoy Please, if you like this podcast, remember to follow us and leave a review. It really helps other people find our birth stories too, to get the real and raw truth of birth out there. And for now, I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Megan. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. So I know Megan through coming to my postnatal yoga, which has been super fun. She's got a little boy who's now nine weeks old, and I would love to hear how your pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, birth experience went with him? Well, quite a... That's, that's a big, loaded that's question. A big one. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll start at the beginning. Yeah. I, my husband and I plan, very much planned for my little blue Wally. Beautiful. Um, very far in advance. Um, we prepared our bodies really, really well for pregnancy um, we were so into preconception care. We took sort of like a minimum sort of six months where we ate really well, exercised really well. Um, we were on all the things, all the supplements, um, and really looked at like our relationship and our stress management um, to sort of bring, you know, create the most, you know, beautiful space for him to come into. 
Um, in my past, I was actually told that I would have trouble conceiving, um, which, you know, being a woman, that's, that's heartbreaking to hear for anyone. Um, I was told that when I was 17 years old and misdiagnosed with PCOS. So that's a whole nother story. Um, but after learning about my body, putting the effort in, in my preconception care and doing the work that I do, natural fertility, um, and understanding my menstrual cycle, we fell pregnant in our first month of trying. Amazing. Yeah. Can you go into a bit of detail about, like maybe some more details about preconception care, what supplements it was, what sort of foods did you focus on? Was it certain nutrients or, yeah. So there was quite a lot. Alex and I both sort of needed different things. I, I guess I'll focus on me. Yeah. Mostly. Um, so what we did was work hand in hand with a, like a, a naturopath. Mm-hmm. Um, we had all of our blood sort of tested early on before trying again. We, we were like, um, when I say perfect, I mean, we were spot on. There was no alcohol, nothing yeah. nasty for a good six months before we gave that our go. Epic. Um, but yeah, like I honestly, I have been, pre- been preparing for Wally for, years yeah and that's that's because of the history i have yeah the reason why i do my work is because i've had such significant like menstrual disturbances mm-hmm. um but i guess what we focused on was yeah working with our naturopath she looked into all of our deficiencies and things like that mm-hmm. um and i think for me That's the kind of work that I do. I'm not a naturopath. I'm a natural fertility educator. So that's stuff that I do with my clients. But for me, I needed someone else to help me. Absolutely. You know, to to really help me narrow my focus, what I needed to improve. Yeah. Um, And having her was just lovely, you know, rather than relying on just myself and the knowledge that I have. Yeah. But yeah, we worked on our, um, you know, had lots of supplements that we were taking um, each what we needed specifically based on any deficiencies. Um, we had actually just come back from London in this time. During um, that six months pre... So, no, before that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we had been working with her before with the six months. Wow, okay. And um, we were actually quite deficient in quite a lot of things and obviously vitamin D being one of them. As probably all of us <laughs> Which are. Which is really, really important yeah. for fertility. Right. Um, and your menstrual cycle. So that was a big one for us. Um, but yeah, and I guess nutrition, we, what I, like, I love cooking. Cooking is one of my things that I just love to do. Um, and I love to share that with people. And I love to pass that knowledge on with people. But basically I was including lots of fertility foods. So foods that are, um, really nutrient dense. Yeah. Um, into every single meal, like adding bone broth into everything. Yes. Adding liver into everything, like you. Yeah. You know, but, you know, really narrowing it down for the food that we like to eat too. So mm-hmm. there was, that was a lot of what preconception care was for us, was just eating really, really well, moving our bodies really, really well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, focusing on our deficiencies specific to us, what we each needed. Epic. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. That's really interesting. I've actually never heard of anybody doing that really specific preconception care. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Um, 
Great, cool. So then you tried for the first month and you fell pregnant. How exciting. That's amazing. And then what happened from there? So basically, because it's me and I know way too much about my cycle, (laughs) I need the kind of care. And to be honest, I'm quite obsessed with this space. I'm quite obsessed with pregnancy, birth. Yes. Um, obviously, preconception care because that's what I teach. Yeah. Um, natural fertility that I knew exactly the care that I wanted. Um, I knew I wanted a private midwife. And awesome. I was fortunate enough to have a sister have a baby a year, nearly exactly a year before our little baby was due. So um, I knew that she had such a beautiful experience. And that there was no hesitation that I was always going to have a private midwife. It was just who. Mm-hmm. And that's the path I decided to, to go down. Awesome. Yeah. So at this stage, was your view on birth based on what you've seen in movies, your family's and friends' experience, was it a positive or negative? Or how did you feel about birth? I'm getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. um, I was just friggin', I was just, to be honest, I was just so excited. Epic. And I know that's not something you hear all the time. Like, uh, there can be a lot of fear surrounding birth. Yeah. But I've never been scared of birth. Yeah. Like, I... This, to me, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I just think of it in the way that the fact that I get the opportunity to do this Mm -hmm. is just beyond me. So I've never, I've never been scared of birth. I've been very interested in birth. I'm like, tell me... Educate me on all, all the things so I can have the best experience possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I was probably a little different to my group of friends and yeah. my family. My sister, I know she had a beautiful, positive home birth. Um, and my mum had four positive hospital births. Cool. Um, so, you know, like... I have had great stories around me, but I was always so keen. In women's group, I was the keen, like... Yeah. I, and a number of women would vouch for that. Like, I was just, just like, the keenest woman. I'm like, I am so pumped. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. But you, you go into it, and I think that was such a good place to go into it. Yeah. Because I was just so open to yeah. everything. Yeah. I was so open to whatever it had to be. I knew and I trusted my body to do it. Yeah. Um, and I did. I, I, and I, it's something I say all the time. I'm built for this. I am so made for this. Yeah. Um, this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... So good. Yeah, I've never had any... So problems. good. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a... Common story is that women will enter birth negative, whether it be from their moms or their grandmothers or their friends. Um, So, no, that's awesome to hear. So, you went straight into private midwifery care and you went with Coast Life Midwifery. Is that right? Beautiful, beautiful. And um, did you do all your education through them for birth? Yeah, so they were so beautiful in what they offered. Like, honestly, they are worth every single penny. Epic. Um, The education that we got was so like informative just they cover just so much mm. um but being again being the person that i am i did a lot more as well yeah i read a thousand books um <laughs> and i did hypnobirthing oh did you yeah, great which i really really enjoyed and i became quite good friends with my educator awesome um so yeah like i kind of surrounded my stuff myself with the stuff that i was drawn to yeah in the like i did a lot of 
work around what kind of experience I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So I would surround myself with the education or I would inform myself of the education so I could have that experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So what did your partner think of the variety of types? Did he have a favorite? Did he have some that he wasn't that into? Or He really liked hypnobirthing, to cool. be honest. He said he walked away from hypnobirthing just feeling so much like lighter, just like he yeah. just... He didn't have any concerns, and honestly, yeah. when the time come, came, like he was nothing could face him. Epic. Because he wasn't, I think he was like me, he was just so ready and so informed. Yeah. Um, that he didn't have any concerns. Mm-hmm. And we, over that time, over the time of our pregnancy, we had built such a strong relationship with our private midwives mm. that we knew that they had us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So you went through pregnancy, you did education with them and hypnobirth. Now, did you do anything to physically prepare, like including nutrition and all that? Or Yeah, so I ate really, really well during my whole pregnancy. Yeah, liver and um, stuff as well? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, and dialed it up in places that I, I specifically needed. I uh-huh. probably monitored my, my bloods a bit more regularly than the average person based mm-hmm. on the knowledge that I have and what I sort of would recommend for my own clients and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, make produce, um, fresh fruit and vegetables like that. I didn't need to change much. Mm-hmm. Like I was already covered in a way. Yeah. But then, you know, if, you know, for example, my iron was a little bit low, I knew that adding liver in was a, like a bit more liver or mm-hmm. um, certain food, like more leafy greens and stuff like that was going to be more supportive of me. So I always mm. like made an effort to do that. Yeah, but I always sort of made sure I had the evidence to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had the results from my bloods to yes. do that rather than just winging it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is so, a good call. Yeah, and I guess fitness wise, I did a lot of I did pregnancy yoga. Great, and I did um, what else did I do? I did um, Pilates at home, like a pre- because at the time it was kind of COVID. Of and, you course. Know, I did pregnancy just at home. Like I had a subscription for a, awesome. like a pregnancy Pilates program awesome. that I did. So. Little man's waking up. <laughs> yeah, so if we little... end up rushing off, that's why. <laughs> a little head bopping around. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, wonderful. Okay, that's super, super interesting. I was going to... <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> So, um, cool. So you've gone through your pregnancy, super, super healthy. And then how did you go about entering into birth, entering into your term date? So your due date, um, what, yeah, tell us about that time for you. So I guess I did a lot of preparation for birth. Like I, I know that I knew a lot already, but I dialed it up big time in the end. Mm -hmm. I was sort of only surrounding myself with positive experiences, listening to lots of positive podcasts and uh, positive birth videos and things like that. Yes. And I also worked with a kinesiologist in that time that I think was just super helpful um, at just checking my body for anything that could be like stagnant or like... Um, any fears that could be underlying that subconscious I didn't... yeah so yes. I was working a lot on that because I'm like I don't want to get to the day and then something pop up and I get really scared yeah. you know when that's never been my scenario I've never been afraid and I'm like yeah. I, I just want to make sure that's not going to happen mm-hmm. um, and I also worked with a Cairo um, 
every week and I did acupuncture um, for like the last five, six weeks of pregnancy to just make sure my pelvis was really aligned yes. and was um, really in a good position for birthing day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Awesome. Perfect. No, yeah. that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and how did you feel surrounding the idea of due dates? Um, yeah. <laughs> due dates or... I just love hearing this because I think it's something people get so caught up on and I think... You know, some women may be able to learn a lot from people if they didn't maybe get caught up in that due date factor as much. Yeah. Mm. So, see, I've kind of got I've kind of got two opinions about yes due dates. Go um, for it. So, as well as being a natural fertility educator, I am also a medical sonographer. Mm-hmm. So, which means I work in ultrasound and I deal with due dates. Yes. A lot in pregnancy. Ultrasound. Yes. So. I do, in that case, think they are very, very important mm-hmm. um, because knowing an accurate due date allows us to accurately establish growth. Mm-hmm. So make sure baby is growing as it should, mm-hmm. as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is super useful information to know in pregnancy to pick up if something's wrong. Yes. Which is, you know, Which is very, a good very, thing. Yeah, it's important, yeah. And then there's the other side of it. <laughs> it's fine. Do you want to stop? Yeah. So returning back, we just got little Wally in <laughs> Megan's arms. So if we hear a little grizzle, that's all it is. <laughs> um, where were we? So we stepped into natural fertility. So understanding due dates in natural fertility, I think is, again, that's another important thing because I've, I've got that medical brain behind all the natural stuff as well. But really, you know, it, it comes down to just being a guest state. Mm-hmm. Some babies need a bit more time mm-hmm. than others, and I think being open to that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, Wally was born on forty days plus three. It might have been forty days plus four, I think. Actually, um, we went into labour on forty plus three. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't born right on time, and that's coming from someone who knows the ins and outs of menstrual cycle and knows her exact ovulation date. So exactly. Exactly how old? Um, yes. Baby was. So, yes. Um, yeah, it's just I think it's more a trust thing and not getting too hung up on yeah on those dates. Um, baby will come when they're meant to come. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because this is a tricky thing about due dates, right? Is that lots of women um, don't know their cycles, don't know exactly when baby was conceived, so um, they rely solely on that scan day at the earliest after seven weeks scan to tell them their due date. Mm-hmm. Now that is sometimes a bit questionable as whether that's accurate or not. So not only do you not exactly know when your 40 weeks exactly is, however, then on top of that, you don't know if your personal normal gestation is meant to be 37 weeks or meant to be 41 plus 8 weeks. So then that's another sway of variation there so at least you had sort of one of those variables cut out in that you knew exactly what your date was yeah. for sure yeah and um and then all you had to worry about is is my normal 37 or 42 or yeah. somewhere in between um whereas if someone's sort of um really pressured into having an induction at 41 weeks then they're kind of in their head am I actually 43 weeks or am I 37 weeks like it could be sometimes it's a huge variation to the last normal menstrual period to the actual due date from the scan so I can really empathize with women being confused by these due dates and we don't have 
all the answers sometimes either so it's kind of like just up to them and their gut yeah yeah and I think that's another reason why I'm so passionate about women understanding their menstrual cycles so yeah. that they can not get themselves into that kind of scenario yeah and prevent an induction that maybe doesn't need to happen necessarily because they've yeah. gone overdue mm-hmm. when maybe they actually haven't gone overdue mm-hmm. um so absolutely yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So then you entered your labor at 40 plus three. You had been on some mat leave for a while or? Yeah, I worked up until 37 weeks yeah. in ultrasound, but I only worked part-time in ultrasound. So it was only two days a week. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the time was in the business seeing clients. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And when was your partner off work? Um, he worked right up and we actually went into labor over the Labor Day weekend. So he was going, uh, yeah, I think I went into labor on Labor Day. We, yeah, we did. <laughs> I love and that. No, Wally was born on Labor Day. <laughs> Epic. So he had, we kind of had the weekend together. Yeah. And yeah. Wally was born on Monday. So, okay. Yeah. And you went into labor on the Sunday. Yes. So tell us how that started. What's the story there? Um, well, it's a little bit of a funny one. It was, I actually, to be honest, I didn't kind of put two and two together that I was in labor. <laughs> um, and you would think that someone like me would know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had actually been in labor pretty much all of the Sunday, but not put it together. I was, I was having very well spread out sort of surges. Yeah. Um, and I did notice that they were more uncomfortable than like a tightening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had sort of multiple, I, you know, we had family catch ups and you know, this is a funny part. I, my sisters and I, and my husband and my, um, my brother-in-law, we went and did an escape room. Around, ah, just after on lunch. the Sunday. Yeah. On the Sunday. Ah. <laughs> We went and did like an escape room. It's and, a way to get the oxytocin yeah. flowing. And I had, I had a surge in the escape room. <laughs> Imagine if your water's broken yeah, there. I know. Like, oh my God. Like, that would be not, it'd be on camera and yeah. everything. You know? But um, yeah, so, but, and I actually had that surge next to one of my sisters and she didn't realize, but I was, now I, think, now I remember it. Like I was leaning over and I was breathing through that. So I wow. knew that was, that was an uncomfortable one for me. And then I later had one about 40-ish minutes later in the toilet up, like after we finished the room. Yes. Um, I guess. So yeah, started quite early. I don't know exactly when the first one was. That's mm-hmm. just, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, but we had... I, that evening, later that evening after the escape room, we actually went, I went to my other sister's house and we played games. Fun. Yeah. And I, I still was in a bit denial. Like I didn't believe that was happening. I was definitely having surges. I, to be honest, the only place I could be comfortable was sitting on the ball, bouncing up and down on the ball at the, at her kitchen table. Yeah. Playing a game. Again, didn't put two and two together. No idea. Crazy. Um, we stayed there until about 7pm-ish. Yeah. I think 7.30 maybe. And I was really tired. So, you know, I kind of gave my husband a look. And I'm like, oh, let's go home. I'm really tired. I want to get an early night. We've been seeing the family lots today. So yeah. And you're term pregnant. Kind of fair call. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was 40 plus three at yeah. that stage. So, you know, <laughs> I was pretty tired. Yes. Um... um so yeah, we headed home and then, 
you know, things started, once we arrived home, I was noticing stuff happening more regularly. I am not surprised. Yeah. So Perfect. Back in my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until like I had a surge leaning over my kitchen bench and breathing through it that I was like, oh. And my husband was like, Goop, like, we've done all this education. And he was like Googling, is this a contraction? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I remember seeing him. I was like, he was looking at me and I'm like, and he's like, Meeks, I think this is it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's not it. And so it was everything sort of quickened up. We were at every 10 minutes we were having a surge awesome. from 9 p.m. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so I guess I'll keep going. Yeah, well, I'll actually just comment on that because I definitely talk about it in my birth workshops. I really emphasize the importance on in that early labor phase, pretend like you're not laboring. Go about your day as if you normally would. Go get a coffee, go out with your friends, do whatever you'd plan to do, pretending like you're not in labor. And more so for the fact of your attention span not being taken up by the fact that you're in labor and counting the clock from this day onwards, getting bored, getting impatient, because then, as I'm sure you're about to say, labor will then continue and labor will start and will most likely go on for many, many hours. And, um, if you're sort of already thinking, I've already labored for 24 hours, then that would have been like a um, more of a mind over matter um, type scenario. Yeah. So go on to the next part. Um, so it was. It must have been around 9, nine o'clock, 9.30. We looked at each My husband and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, wow, we think this is it. We think we're in labor. And I'm like, oh, my God. The first thing I think is that I don't have any snacks. seriously we're in trouble we are in trouble like because it was a Sunday night at that time and you know like I I had sort of been pre-making labour snacks every like at the start of each week yeah um, so that we'd sort of be prepared for any day during the week yeah so and because my family was up I just didn't have time yeah so I whipped up a bunch of gummies. Awesome. Um, While you're in labor. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> Amazing. It took me like five minutes and put them in the fridge because at least I knew I had something. Um, yeah. If I needed something. Good job. After that, I think I jumped in the shower and we didn't get to bed until around 10.30. Yeah. I think. Um, from there, I did my best to sleep. Good on you. it was near impossible. Mm-hmm. Because I was having surges sort of every very regularly every ten minutes yeah. shortening. Yeah. Um, by that stage and it just wasn't quite enough time to be able to doze off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that resulted in us being up all night. Mm. Um, I did not sleep that night. Mm-hmm. Um, at all really. And then so I guess, you know, I don't remember too much because I was trying to sleep mm-hmm. all that time. But I know the next stage was my waters went. Okay. It was about one thirty In the morning. In the morning. Yeah. They went in bed. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. What'd you do? I, well, I don't know. Yeah. That's one thing I don't really remember what happened. Alex told me I got in the shower. Yes. Cool. Um, but apparently things got really, like, picked up very quickly after my waters went. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't last very long in the shower. I didn't like the shower, mm-hmm. apparently. So, um yeah. Apparently, so yeah. I've been told. So I've been told. That is the one thing I don't remember. I remember wow. a lot, but I don't remember that. The shower. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so everything really quickened up every three, four minutes from 1.30. Mm-hmm. 
um, we made a call to our midwife. I think it was around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning um, to just let her know things were definitely happening. Yeah. Um, by then, actually, I think we might have called her early when my waters went. Yeah. We called her early when my waters went. We told her, we called her again around 3 o'clock mm-hmm. um, to just say things had picked up, very mm. intense, quite close together. Mm-hmm. And at this stage, my husband was told by a midwife to start filling our birth pool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because the birth pool was dropped off at... 36 weeks. 36 weeks. Yeah, so okay. Yes, we haven't said that. I had a home birth. Yeah, yes. yes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Where um, was it set up? Just here? No, we have a like a beautiful space in a oh, cool. converted garage. Oh, cool. Um, which was really lovely because there was like a desk in there for the midwives to use. Yeah. And we had all our props that we needed and we had a bed in there as well. Awesome. So I between having Lee in the pool yeah. and um, resting on the bed. Yeah. Waiting for my placenta to deliver. So it was really... Epic. It was nice. And then it also gave us our private time mm-hmm. for when my when my midwife sort of, you know gave them time out here to make a cup of tea if they needed yeah. in the space so we could shut ourselves off yeah um, oh sounds perfect yeah and they would kind of leave us be and then come and check on yeah. us all the time yeah yeah so where was i i think we made a call to our midwife yes and she said fill up the birth pool yeah so alex worked really hard to do that um another funny thing that sort of happened in the night was that we have a gas cook cooked up yeah we ran out of gas <gasps> oh my god yeah so if you don't if you don't know anything about home births so you, you you know like a lot of us decide to birth in a pool yes so we had a hose connecting that yeah um and you kind of fill up the pool with hot water yeah and then you top it up as you need to to keep it warm at yeah. a certain temperature for birth yeah um because baby has to be a certain temperature when they arrive yeah um into the water so yeah, we ran out of gas, so he's out in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, mucking around with our gas, trying to sort it out so he knew we would have hot water for later. Yeah. Oh, the poor thing. So what he would do, he'd, he'd look at me, like he would he was timing my contractions and my surges at that time, and he would run out and sort the gas out while I was having my break. Yes. And then he'd, be, like, he'd time himself to be back when my next one would start. <laughs> Oh my god! What a Honestly. legend of a dude. Oh, he was—he just felt so bad leaving me. Yeah, too. he didn't want to leave me, but yeah. he knew that if he didn't go, we wouldn't have hot water. Yeah, and I needed to birth in that pool. Exactly. So he—he like, yeah, he was on a mission. Yeah, the poor thing. He was just stressed, but I was like laboring on the bed at that stage, pretty dazed out. Yeah, um, just like focusing on resting and breathing at that time. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's a funny. That's funny. That's so funny. Um, I think my midwife arrived around um, four-ish. Yeah. I can't quite remember exactly the time. Yeah. And she was with us, yes, for a couple of hours. Um, By the time she had arrived, things had actually slowed back down. Interesting. Yeah, so everything was sort of three, four minutes apart. And then I think it spread out again until about six or seven. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not too sure how long that was for, but I know that I spent a lot of time laboring on the bed. Yes. Laying on my side. It was honestly one of the only places I felt like I could get enough rest because I had been all night. Mm-hmm. And I know the night before Wally was born, we had, like, I had no sleep. So, yeah. Um, it was the only place I 
could get enough rest in between. Mm-hmm. So I know that she left us at eight o'clock. Yeah. Had she done an internal exam at all? No. Cool. No. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, no, but she, she kind of, I think she knew by the sounds I was making and stuff like that, where I was kind of at on yeah. the phone. I, I remember mooing. Like I was quite yeah. vocal when my husband called her to yeah. come. Um, we thought we were probably a bit closer yeah. to things happening, but then everything slowed down when yeah. she sort of arrived. Yeah. Um, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, so she ended up leaving. She went home for a little break where my other midwife did a swap. So she was with me instead mm-hmm. of my second midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, she was there from 8 a.m. Oh, cool. And I think my primary midwife arrived back at us at about 10 o'clock. Yeah. And at this stage, I had still been laboring on the bed. I had actually been up to the toilet a couple of times. Yeah. Um, which was really good to just, you know, empty the bladder and yeah. also get a bit of movement. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just so exhausted, though. I remember just being so exhausted with, with, with no sleep at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my midwife and Alex, I remember Alex at one stage was even sleeping on the bed next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to sleep in between yes. my surges while, um, while my second midwife was looking after me. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think it was around lunchtime, around 12 o'clock, midday, mm-hmm. that my primary midwife, she had been back for a couple of hours and she said, all right, time to get up. Cool. Um, time to get up. We need to make a move. So she got me out. She moved me out to the kitchen. Okay. Where she lovingly made me do horrendous squats. Ah! <laughs> so each, like, lean, like, leaning on my kitchen bench, she would she would say, okay, every surge we're going to squat. And I did that. Was this because the surges had um, become further apart? Maybe. I think okay. so. But then as soon as I sort of got up, like, Mm-hmm. Like they were intense. And yes, they were um, definitely more regular. More yeah, closer together. Yeah, um, when I started doing the squatting, mm. and you know, at that stage, we kind of, you know, my midwife was very loving, and she sort of just said that, you know, it's been a little while now. Mm. Um, how are you feeling? Like, what is that you want to do? And. You know, I kind of was very interested to see where we were at at that point. Yeah, fair call. Um, you know, because it had felt like it had been a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted, I felt like I needed a bit of like reassurance mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, so we decided to do a check then. Awesome. So what time doing, was this, do you reckon? So this was around lunchtime. Yeah. This was around 12 o'clock. Awesome. After doing some serious squats. Yes. Um, so we did that and I was eight centimeters. Amazing. Yeah. Which I was stoned about. And yes. my midwife was like, you're at eight centimeters. That's great. Yes. So that like, we were all pumped about that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's good. I, I like, I, I didn't think I'd honestly be that far. I thought, no, I've got time in me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was at eight centimeters. So that was very positive. Stoked. Yeah. yeah. So after that, she was like, okay, we're eight centimeters. Let's hop in the pool. So we jumped in the pool. Awesome. Um, and I was in the pool for another, th- I think, three hours-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but we then sort of got to a stage where things weren't happening still. Okay. Or things weren't happening quite just yet. Yeah. Um, and it the pool can a- sometimes do that, hey? Yeah. Mm. So, and it wasn't that, you know, the surges weren't intense or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was more, I don't know, I don't. 
we mm. just hadn't progressed. Yeah. So we ended up actually, my, my primary midwife sort of said, okay, time to hop out of the pool again. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll get up and we'll go do some more squats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember, I have this faint memory and I, I had a, I always have a laugh with my um, second midwife about this. She sort of said, no, I sort of said to her that, you know, how many squats do you think I need to do? <laughs> I'm like, how many? And she sort of said, okay, let's do five. I'm like, okay, I can do five. I can do five squats. I can do that. And then when it came the time that I had done the five, I was like, I've done the five. That's yes, it. that's it. I'm not doing any more. <laughs> I ended up doing a few more. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Um, so that had, it, I think it was around 3.30 at that time. I had done all those squats. Yeah. Um, and still, I had actually got to a point where I feel like something's not happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was a very, I don't know what came over me. I felt very intuitive thinking that something's blocking us right now. Interesting. Um, and I'm just like, I think we need to do something. And, and oh, like my midwife was kind of like, okay, what's, what's going on? I think, you know, it had been a long time. Again, mm-hmm. It had been another three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like we were still maybe at the same point. Yeah. And this is all like intuitively, you felt like you weren't progressing. Yeah. Was there no more exams done to say you were so still at this is exam. where we okay. decided to do a second yeah. exam and we discovered that I had an anterior lip. Okay, cool. Um, which my midwife helped me with that. And that mm-hmm. was actually stopping Mm-hmm. my son from coming down mm. um and yes yeah, so that was an experience mm. working that out yes um but it was you know that was the thing that we needed to push us forward yes yeah so yeah after, yeah so after we sort of worked that out together um we got back in the pool again because how did she help with that did you have a contraction and she sort of pushed that lip over yeah, yeah. was that pretty um like pretty strong sensation to feel yeah, it tends to be very, um, yeah, intense yes. for women. Yeah, so I'll just go into it. Yeah, love to. Um, basically, she had me up with my leg up. Yeah. And during a surge, she sort of moved it out of the way. Yeah. And this is another interesting part of the day. Yeah. You know, all the things that you remember. Um, this happened at my kitchen bench. Yeah. <laughs> In the chair that you're sitting in, <laughs> just FYI, my and my midwife helped me move this anterior lip out of the way, and you know it was uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie, it was yeah, very. It was an uncomfortable feeling, mm-hmm. and I did make some noise, yeah. And being in our house right now, we have a window very, very close to where this occurred, <laughs> and the next day, our Neighbors delivered flowers and said, "Oh, we think that he was born at three thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, so I must have made some sort. Hey, of you were like, no, it was another couple hours after that. Yeah, <laughs> how funny. Yes, yeah, so that cool. Was, that was definitely a part of it. Yes, I remember. And then you went back to the pool. Yeah, so we made it back into the pool. Um, and again, had, I think it had been another two hours Mm -hmm. and things weren't happening. 
mm-hmm. and it had been a really long time. So my midwife, my, my primary midwife said, we need to get up and we need to get out. And she's like, okay, let's go to the toilet. Mm. So she got me up to the toilet and so I sat on the toilet um, and that is what we needed to for him to start to come down. Perfect. Well, there was a point there where, you know, my midwives were, it had been a long, it had been a really long time. I had been in labor for some time. So they were trying to make up, a, make a plan yeah. as to what my care might look like. Would they need to sort of change midwives over yeah. because their time had sort of come to what it needed to be soon. Um, but, and they sort of gave us, my husband and I, some time while we were on the toilet, they kind of closed the door and they left us mm-hmm. and said, okay, you guys have a chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when I sort of decided that and said to my husband, honey, I'm sorry. I don't think I can have any more babies. This is- <laughs> Here I am yeah. sitting on a toilet. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, um, you know, and I, to me, I look back now and that was my transition. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of so course. That was my moment of self doubt. And yeah, you know, I wasn't like an. Um, it wasn't in like an angry way. It was in no. like just a very soft, emotional way. Yeah. I don't think I can do this again. Yes. This is hard freaking work. Yeah. Yeah. And then Alex yells out to the midwife so I can see the head. <gasps> oh yeah. my gosh. So it was literally, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like. Isn't that interesting? The move of the pelvis or yeah. the shape that you were sitting in. Yeah. What made that happen? All the simple, like often the the simple step out of the bath, because that's a a bit of an awkward step to do. Um, Quite often that can just sort of like lock, like conk baby down the pelvis right in, right deep. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Cool. We, and at that point we kind of been like, okay, baby might be delivered here in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, And I was completely fine and open with that. Cool. At that point... I was trying, I was kind of like doing squatting. I couldn't, I couldn't get my legs because our vanity was really close to the toilet. We couldn't, like, I couldn't open my legs sort of wide enough to sit comfortably. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't have the energy left. It had been a really long time. So. Mm-hmm. To stand, of yeah, course. Yeah, I didn't I stand or to squat or yeah. whatnot. And my husband, you know, he was exhausted too. So mm-hmm. him trying to hold me up for mm-hmm. the machine would have been. Hard. Really hard. So we decided to go back to the pool. Cool. Um, and Walking with a head between your legs. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. His head wasn't out, but it was more we could just see the tip of his head. Yeah. So he was just there and he was, he was close. Lucky your husband was observant. Yes. <laughs> Very too much. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we hopped back in the pool and I started pushing. Cool. So for me, personally, I did hypnobirthing. Yes. So... Breathing, I tried that. Yep. And it wasn't an option for me. Interesting. Being, being first baby, it just, I needed to push. Yeah. I need to push, but you, I... You felt the feeling that you needed to push. Yeah. yeah your body but, wanted to. Yeah. That was after a little while, though. I had to sort of start pushing myself, and mm-hmm. I think that kind of stimulated things. Because going from, going from the, the toilet back to the beautiful soothing pool I think might have yeah even like slowed us down again right yeah um, so yeah I was sort of encouraged to be like oh yeah just do like a little push and see how it feels and then my body started doing yes and sort of taking over then interesting but I did find that 
he my my son was four point two six five kilos. Right. So and he so he's quite decent size. Decent. Yeah. Um, Heck so yeah. I, I needed for a first baby. I needed to push him. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is, is you're pushing. You could literally see his head yeah. coming out with a contraction. Yeah. So he's already right down there. That's yeah. a totally different story to push rather than when you're just 10 centimeters dilated and baby's head is still so far up yeah, the pelvis, you right. can't even see it. Yeah. Um, you can't even see when mum's legs are open and you're looking. You can't see the head. Yeah. That's maybe not a great time sometimes to do directed pushing. Yeah. But at a, in a circumstance like that, it's a totally different story. Yeah. So that's great. So you pushed how long or I ish? Think, I don't think it was that long. I don't yeah. know the exact time. I know um, he was born at 6.37 p.m. Cool. So I think it was about an hour-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole time my midwives were really supportive, really encouraging, saying this is perfectly normal. Awesome. An amazing job. Um, he was actually really quite cheeky. Um, they're sort of, when you're pushing, you'll know this, you get, kind of get to like a point of no return where they don't revert back into the pelvis. Yes. Um, but he would. Ahaha. And I think that's cheeky. Just, yeah, he was very, very cheeky. And even my midwives sort of have a chat and like have a laugh about it because yes. he was cheeky. And yeah. during my birth, I was like, he's going back in. I'm so tired and, yes. you know, at this point. And Absolutely. Like, he's going back in, he's going back in. <laughs> and I remember distinctly my, my primary midwife said to me, he just loves you so much. He, you know, and I'm like, oh, stop it. It's cute uh, and all, but get out. Yes. So, yeah, I think I pushed for about an hour. Awesome. Um, he was very, very cheeky and I caught him myself like I you know my midwife sort of assisted me to my hands to find him and, yeah and I pulled him up oh, my awesome. chest. Yeah, well, you did have a bit of a small cord oh that's always awkward cord. isn't it yeah so especially in the pool more on my belly yeah um but yeah awesome amazing yeah. okay cool so then um he Came out, you popped him onto your belly, mm-hmm. and you did some delayed cord clamping. Or... Yes. Yeah. So after that, we moved. We had a bed in the in the room. Yes. So we moved. We hopped out of the pool and moved into the bed while he was attached. Yes. Awkward yes. with a short cord. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they supported me in lifting me. My husband lifted me, and um, awesome. Yeah, my midwives were really good at helping us. Was hubby in the pool with you? Yes. Legend. Yeah, I love that. Pool. I wasn't expecting that to be honest. Yeah. It was really nice. I. When I was pushing, I actually was, he was behind me sort of holding me up and I would float. Yes. Um, that is a nice embrace. position. Um, but when I was pushing, I'd kind of like lean on him and hold his ankles. Yeah. For like a bit of like resistance. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Um, which was really, really helpful. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we sort of, um, we made it to the bed and he was just lying on my chest. He tried to breast crawl. Ah. His cord was very short, like I said, so <laughs> it was pulling on my cord a little bit, which yeah. was uncomfortable. But um, yeah, we did delayed cord clamping, and I had a physiological placental birth. Oh, great! Forty-ish minutes later. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Good on you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, because how long did you leave it to cut the cord, or did you wait till the placenta was out? No, we didn't wait till the placenta was out. We Good. waited until. Um, the cord stopped pulsing. Yeah, good, good. Because then you would have cut it and he would have been doing breast crawls and uh, maybe some feeding? 
Yeah. yeah so and that would have helped with that placenta for he sure. He was very keen for feed. Yeah. Away. Awesome. Yeah. He was very, very cheeky and very keen to find my boob very quickly. Yeah. 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 And um, how did he go jumping on and latching? How was that? Yeah, good. He was um, a bit, he kind of was playing with it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Figuring it out. Yeah, like, what do I do? Like, I feel inclined yeah. to jump on, but I don't know exactly how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I guess, you know, he was sort of working out what latch was. Yeah, yeah. For him. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. And, um, and then you had your physiological third stage. Did you have to do any pulling or guidance or anything or it literally you just felt it no so um, my midwife my second midwife got me to stand up yeah and I think I I pushed really like slightly yeah and it sort of just delivered by itself awesome fantastic did you do anything with your placenta we did encapsulation cool we're very very lucky apparently had a really beautiful placenta which is always nice to hear that's nice (laughs) um but I think the standard sort of capsules the amount of capsules you get is about 130 ish yeah i had 190 wow yeah oh that's a lot yeah yeah so, cool yeah cool really good apparently looked really great and really healthy as well yeah it's really positive absolutely it would and are you still having them now um no not anymore however i do have a i sort of you know i supported myself for the first um i think it was like five or six weeks i had them for maybe, yeah maybe slightly longer but I've got a couple in the freezer yeah. um, for hormonal support down the track if, cool. I, if I need it. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so that's to do with your natural f- fertility stuff. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, any positives or negatives about the encapsulation? Lots of people are interested about it. Um, what are your thoughts? I think it was great. Yeah. I think it was great for energy. Yeah, okay. I honestly don't know, like... You just, you know, having a newborn, you don't sleep very much in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. I felt really great. Interesting. I felt really great. And I, you know, I think of it like it's one of the most nutrient-dense, like, organs Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm. Um, And to have that supplying your body, like, it's going to give you energy. Absolutely. It's going to help you rebuild your stores. It's going to help you with blood loss. Mm. Like, so I... I thought it was great, honestly. Awesome. I do it every pregnancy. Amazing, yeah, amazing. My, that's my opinion, my personal Yeah. Opinion. Well, what's your thought on... So, um, my impression is that it's a detoxifying organ. So, great for you because you're, you were super healthy, not only pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy. So, you obviously didn't have that many toxins to detoxify from. So, your placenta would be super healthy. Someone who maybe doesn't live quite a as healthy lifestyle... Would you think that it would maybe be as beneficial, if at all beneficial, for them to eat their placenta? I think that's a really good question. Mm. I would really delve into what toxins they might be exposed to. Yeah. So, for example, like if it's something like smoking, like yeah, really consider it. I just, yeah. I think there's other ways you can support your body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it really would depend on that situ on that personal situation. Yeah. They're exposed to, but otherwise, I think of it as um, you know, in a way, the placenta is kind of similar to liver. Yeah, liver exactly is a is a detoxifying organ. Yep, Um, it deals with a lot of stuff. Yeah, like yeah, hormones, chemicals, heaps of stuff, all of it. Yeah, Um, and it's still the most nutrient dense food on the planet. Exactly, that's the exact same comparison I've made because 
I understand people saying it's a detoxifying organ. Why would we eat it? Mm-hmm. But then I'm saying the exact same argument with the liver thing, and I don't, I don't know the answers. I'm just saying it's an yeah, interesting it's thing interesting. to discuss, isn't it? Definitely. Um, super cool. Okay, and so how's your postnatal period been? How's your breastfeeding journey been? All that. Um, motherhood transition <laughs> yes um i'm really i'm loving every second cool even the long nights yeah i'm loving every second i feel very very blessed that i get to do this at all and i think i might have a different mindset when it comes to that because i work with women that have trouble yes and i've been blessed not to have trouble so absolutely i you know the word that i i've actually written it down and have it next to my on my bedside table is cherish because mm. to even in the long nights cherish every second because yeah. he's, my son won't be this small forever exactly and you know even though it can be tough I'm so blessed that I get to do this at all yeah yeah um, but other than that we're having a really like we're a really great postnatal period like cool he's a great sleeper he does go to bed quite late mm-hmm. but he's a great sleeper. Um, when we get him to sleep and I've been feeling really good. I've still been eating. I actually did a lot of prep, like cooking prep. Cool. Um, I literally filled my freezer with like so many meals, um, like just really nutrient dense. Awesome. Well, like slow cooked meals, yeah. bone broth and um, like dals and yummy, awesome. all lots of yummy things. And I did lots of yummy slices. Yes. Like the breastfeeding snacks and... Um, even like desserts, yeah, like a cup of tea, but all healthy. Um, to stop you going to the cookie jar and all that postnatally when you're wanting a quick fix. You do, like you and I, and I had a lot of coconut water, so we, which I think was so Ah. amazing to have, like hydration wise. Postnatally, you're talking about hey, epic, epic. Um, we, yeah, I, I felt like that was something that was really, I just craved coconut water. Yeah, really. Of like electrolytes to help replace, yeah. Because we like at this point in time, I was very again, I was really, really blessed to have a really great supply of milk, awesome enough so that I was able to donate as well. So, yeah, so I was, yeah, very, very lucky that our breastfeeding journey has been a fortunate one, awesome, more than enough for him, yeah. Amazing, okay, cool. So, postnatally, um, nutrition wise. You had yet yeah, your pre pre done meals, so dal's bone broth meals like soups and stuff. Yeah, or? so heaps of soups like veggie soups. Um, yeah, like slow cooked lamb shanks. Epic. Um, a slow cooked tomato um, and herb chicken casserole. Like yum. Heaps of like everything was based like on bone broth. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. And I even made a couple of like um. Like mince dishes, like spaghetti, yeah, kind of mincy dishes, yeah, that yeah, liver and stuff in it as well. Great, so all really again, everything I was eating, yeah, it's not. I don't have trouble eating that way. It's not yeah. hard for me to eat that way because it's normal for me. Yeah, I've created that, that yeah. life um, where eating really nutrient dense food is a normal thing. For yeah, us. so um, yeah, I I, I I think I felt so good as well because I was just eating really good. I was yeah. Eating, a little bit more, like a lot more. Yeah, um, yeah. Breastfeeding. Yeah, heck um, yeah. But yeah, I was just eating really, yeah, really nutrient dense food and heaps of snacks over night time. I was yeah. starving. <laughs> oh my God, so hungry. Yes. Yep. Especially early on. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Super interesting. And you take your placenta vitamins as well, your coconut water. Did you have 
your other vitamins you were talking about, which you can talk about if you want to? Yeah, so I was, again, I was um, taking what I sort of, I did cut back on a, a couple of things. Yeah. Um, but I always hit my, my prenatal. Like I always yeah. at least minimum had that. Yeah. Um, because I knew like I was already so covered yeah with just my diet yeah that that anything to be honest if i was having my prenatal and i had my beautiful diet i was hitting everything with ease yes yeah 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 and what prenatal do you use so that the people so i really recommend for for you yeah um there's a couple of other ones i I have about four or five others that i really like as well okay cool who have trouble like um because forage for you is like in a powdered form yeah um so people who would like prefer a capsule mm-hmm. and a couple of other ones, but I will always recommend Forage for You. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. Epic. And it's based all on whole foods as well, which is which just means that it's going to be more easily recognized by the body. It's going to be more easily yeah. absorbed. Um, it's not synthetic in any way. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So do you add that to water or into your foods or? I do. Like, to be honest, I could eat off the spoon. Really? I love it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was not expecting but I don't that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I could, like, I, I have it in a really small amount of water with a couple of ice cubes. Cool. Like, a re- like half a cup of water. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I love the little chunky bits. Like, I know uh, some people Actually, I've heard that. someone say that before yeah. in, um, from that brand. So that they love the chunky bits. Yeah. yeah. What, is I, it like sweet? Or I thought it would yeah. be like livery. And... No. Like no. Because it's got beautiful beetroot and stevia leaf in ah. it as well. You want to actually, like, it's preferable to have it in a less amount of water. Yeah. Because you'll get yeah. a bit of a sweetness kind of hit. Okay. And to me, to me like, if it tastes like liver, I love the taste of liver. So okay. It's like liver pops. I'll have to get some recipes from you. I've been wanting to try liver for a long time and... I haven't quite got around it. and oh, you won't go back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I'll have to get some recipes from you. <laughs> Alrighty. So I have a couple of quick questions for you. What is your biggest tip to birth simply? For the other ladies out there who are pregnant, who are really wanting a nice normal birth, what's your biggest tip? I think just trust. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like just trust your body with everything that you have. Epic. You, know, you think about like... Why are we here? We are here because we yeah. are meant to create the next generation. That's mm-hmm. what our bodies are built for. Mm-hmm. Our bodies know what to do. We just need to trust them to do what they need to do. So true. So true. Yeah. Let go of that fear. Yeah. Yeah. And if I guess if there is any fear, recognize those and be okay with them, but also put things in place to help you work yeah. through them. So true. Yeah. So you go in ready. You go in ready to trust your yeah. body. Or whatever happens, whatever experience that you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and what's your biggest tip to parents simply? I think it's just be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, too many of us get caught in like comparisonitis. And, mm. You know, yeah. which way should I do this? Which way should I do that? I think, again, it's a trust factor. It really is trusting your own intuition in in the choices that you make yeah but be kind to yourself in doing that Mm -hmm. be kind um yeah you're like i think we can beat ourselves up way too quickly Mm -hmm. and judge ourselves way too quickly and judge us others even yeah Um, but really just be kind in every decision that you make and you're like you'll naturally know what to do Mm -hmm. so true yeah so true oh beautiful anything else you want to add any questions or tips 
not questions, but I guess one of the things I will really recommend for any woman um, preparing to have a baby or, you know, maybe pregnant um, or maybe just had a baby is really look into your menstrual cycle. I really, you know, I think it's kind of like a like a taboo topic even yeah. still to this day. And it's yeah. just, it's so powerful in what it can do and the information that it can give you. And, you know, you think about there's always, you know, if you're in a case where you've been trying to maybe have a baby and it's not happening, there is always a reason why it's not happening. Mm -hmm. It's not just not happening for no reason. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are built to have babies. Um, And there's, yeah, there's always a reason why. And using and understanding, I have found in the work that I do, and it's literally the work that I do, I help women decipher what is happening and what might be their barriers. Mm -hmm. Um, and that yeah your menstrual cycle just offers you so much information each and every just each and every day but each and every bleed each and every cycle as well yes 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 so if people are preconception and they're wanting to sort out their cycles and get really healthy before they have a baby or if they're even struggling to fall pregnant where can they find you for help are you even doing stuff at the moment because you've got a newborn what's the go with that so I am currently on maternity leave. Fair call. But I'm itching. <laughs> I am so itching. Um, and I've already set up to see a couple of clients already in Epic. early August. So oh, exciting. Yeah, we're just going to work with the schedule. Um, but I'm really hoping that I can maybe try and do a bit more, you know, as the end of the yeah. year progresses. But I'm always contactable. Yes. That's the thing. I'm always... the contactable and if it's possible for me yeah um to work out i will do my best to see anyone that needs help absolutely um in whatever way i offer sort of one-on-one yeah coaching but i'm really hoping to do a bit more group stuff yeah um down the track just so with my family that i can hopefully reach more of you help more women yeah um, but also have my time with my family as well yeah um but yeah like that i'm always contactable I, you can find me on instagram yeah um, at a womb guided life, womb guided life, yeah. beautiful. And my website is awombguidedlife.com. Amazing, and we'll pop that in the show notes too. Oh, how exciting! I'm so glad. I really hope some people will reach out to you about that. Like, I definitely have some girlfriends who were. Um, not even anytime soon, but just excited for that time of life. And I think they would be, and myself as well, very inclined to that pre-preparation because people, you know, sometimes go down that route once they're pregnant or know that they're pregnant 14 weeks, I'm going to start being super healthy. But like, you've already got that egg and sperm there that has been created from your pre-pregnant body. Like you want to be top notch with that. And I know me and my partner have definitely talked about that, getting super top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Before. Have epic kids. Yeah. And you can, you can, you can do life changing things. I know it's yeah. like, it's not, some, it's not something that crosses our mind. But it's nice. You can have such a huge impact on your children. Yes. Before they even hear. Yes. Before they even exist. Yeah. And like isn't that, that wild? Yeah. And isn't that powerful? It's so like, powerful. Like so amazing. Like, Through simply some choices of our foods. Yeah. And, and drink. And understanding your body and loving yeah. your body and looking after it. Like, yeah. And, to, and, you know, by naturally doing that, you're going to help them do that too. Absolutely. 
Absolutely amazing. Do you have any, like, was your partner all into that stuff as well? Or did it take a little bit of education about it to get him on board? Because I know that that could definitely be a bit of a struggle point for some women out there. It definitely is a lot of struggle for some women. Yes. For me, my husband has naturally followed me. Cool. In that way, but he's watched me, like I sort of said earlier, I've, I've got a bit of history with mental yes. disturbances and he's seen me struggle with that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, so he knows I had such a reason to sort myself out mm-hmm. um, and to, that's what I had such a significant period pain, like mm. really severe period pain. Mm-hmm. That That is what was one of my drives mm. in, in healing my cycle and understanding my cycle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like he sort of, he saw me doing that. He was with me in that time when I was learning about my body. Yeah, we've been together eleven years. Wow, yeah, a long time. Um, so yeah, he he sort of watched me make the changes, and he saw the changes happening. Yeah, he saw the results I was getting. He's like, "Wow, this is powerful stuff." And then, like, I knew that. Wow, I figured out all this stuff myself. Yeah, how many women don't know this stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's sort of one of the things that encouraged me to create my business because I'm yeah. Like, how many women are, are suffering? Yeah. Like every month. Yeah. With period pain, endometriosis, all that kind of stuff. Oh. Struggling to get pregnant. So many. How many women are struggling in silence and they don't know about this stuff? So many thinking that they just have to deal with it. It's yeah, part of the exactly. gig. Exactly. And it's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. When it's not the case. No. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, he was with me. Um, and, you know, I had been very open with him. Yeah. For, you know, a really long time. I sort of said, you know, when the time comes, I really would like us to put in as much as effort as we could. Yeah. Um, and he was on board with that because, you know, I think over that time he was able to see such a big impact in yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he wasn't having to look after me every single month. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he knew he it wasn't hard for him. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It and you would see women through your biz, kind of yeah. try to take that track and get some sort of resistance from yeah. the partners maybe. Yeah, but people learn by seeing too. Yes. So for me, I, did, I you know, because it was important for me to have him, him on board mm. with, with the decision to have our son. Mm. Um, um, yes, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so seeing what it was important for me to be was to be an example for him. Yes, so oh, yeah, would, that's always the thing, lead by example. Yeah. But you're like, I just want to educate I just, you. I just want you to do it. I just <laughs> yeah. want you to do it, but people learn by seeing. Yes. And to me, I'm I'm the primary cook in our family. Yeah, so yeah. because I was so educated on the food to be having. Yeah. He loves the food that I cook him. Epic. Because I pour everything, all the love in yeah. the world into that food. And I, we eat beautiful quality yeah. food. Yeah. Um, and you still can so, do things to make it taste good while it's still healthy. Oh, yeah, Doesn't definitely. mean you have to eat like just seared liver on the barbecue and oh, that's no. it. Oh, no. No. I that. That's not right. <laughs> 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 nice <But> try, Ames. <laughs> funny, um, my husband's favorite food is literally liver. Wow. He it, eats it off like a spoon. Like he'll wow. eat a pate with a spoon. <gasps> Interesting. Um, so he's not sort of hard. Yeah. He's not, he was never, but then, we, like I said, we had been preparing for a really long time yes six months was really hardcore yeah but i had been working on my health and my cycle for years yeah so when you're in london Mm -hmm. which was not long before all this so you would have been eating like this over there definitely so 
was it hard to find food like that, fresh vegetables and all that over there, or was it pretty easy? It was different. Yeah. Um, Even like health food shops and stuff like that. Yeah, and to be honest, it's not being over in such a busy place, it's not as easy, and you don't have a car. Yeah. It's not as easy to get to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just takes a bit of research. We sourced yeah. a beautiful organic market. Cool. We had beautiful quality meat mm-hmm. um, from a local butcher that we used to walk to. Cool. Um, and, yeah, really, like, awesome healthy cafes just, you know, at our doorstep too. So I was really, really fortunate. But I also would say that I put a lot of effort into the research. Yeah. Just, I think that that comes from the passion. Yes, the passion definitely. To, to do it. And Gosh, it makes things a buttload easier when you've got some passion to yeah. push you along. And for I think, sure. you know, I had such drive being someone who had been, been suffering. Like yes. Yeah. Um, that there was nothing going to stop me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, amazing. I found that conversation so interesting. Thank you so much. That's okay. Thanks for having me. Cool. No worries. Well, that's a wrap to this month's birth story. I really hope you enjoyed. I know I definitely did. As you could tell by the massive giggling over the microphone, I do apologize in advance. I really will try to remember to step away from the microphone next time I'm having a little giggle fest over a podcast. But um, my biggest takeaway from this podcast for pregnant women in particular is more and more bone broth and liver in pregnancy. If you can include it in every meal or at least every single day, that is a phenomenal help you are doing to not only yourself and your current pregnancy state, the health of your body through birth and also your postnatal recovery, but a massive, massive benefit to your baby and their development and growth in utero. So I really recommend doing that. If you are currently preconception, the biggest takeaway is, which is in my circumstance, get on top of your menstrual cycle if you can. If you can start tracking, get to really know exactly when you ovulate, exactly how long you ovulate for, exactly how long your period is, the symptoms surrounding it, how you can support your body throughout the different stages of your cycle, when it's more appropriate to do intense exercise and work really hard, and when it's more appropriate to have a rest and be in bed by eight and have a bath every day. And if you can live in the state of your flow, that is incredible. And I'm definitely no pro at this. I am on this journey right now trying to figure out my own cycle and stuff like that. So if you want to reach out, and talk about it or banter about some back and forth on what's maybe going on, um, what some cool ideas are to better your menstrual health, then I would love to hear from you because I will be asking you just as many questions. So yeah, anyways, I really hope you enjoyed. If you enjoyed, please follow and review um, the podcast. That would be super helpful. Thanks for listening.